my today's podcast, I'm going to talk about mergers and acquisitions. Just briefly, it's when two companies decide to merge or one decides to buy another. And the reasons they do that is for um, advanced market share, capability, technology. Uh, sometimes one just can't beat the other, so they think they can buy it. And that's just easier for them. Um, selling is because, you know, maybe they're done. They can't compete with the competitor. So selling to the competitor is often better uh, in terms of long-term profit just to get out of the business uh, to stop the never-ending loss that seems to take place with some companies. Um, yeah, like I know this one company, they're so stubborn and so dysfunctional that they'll just keep fighting and fighting a battle over and over, the same battles, and they don't realize what they're fighting for and the reasons that they're fighting and the ways that they're fighting is so wrong uh, that it's just like, give up. You know, you're you're just creating more and more problems for the world by even trying to fight uh, or trying to compete. So why do you bother? You're just going to keep, you know, if you keep winning, you're just going to keep winning in a sick way. So why why continue? For them, either they make money off of it or whatever. But at some point, you got to go, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. We're going to sell or we're going to merge with something else, someone else, some other company so that, uh, you know, we can gain in capability to, to continue to be competitive or to stay in the marketplace. Um, my business is not competitive. I don't have competitors. Um, I don't have products that I sell. Um, my competitors might be uh, perceived as listeners um, or, you know, other students maybe or researchers interested in technology that want to compete with my ideas. And they do that with uh, tactical ways or um, just, you know, ways of trying to shut you down, you know, to get you to get offline, uh, to not publish anymore. Or um, people do that when you have something to say about them, you know, and they don't like what you read. So they try to become forceful and getting you to take that stuff offline or putting you out of business and putting you in the hospital so that you can't uh, so that you can't do business or you can't do what you want to do. And those are those are bad business deals, bad, bad tactics, bad way to go. In fact, it's illegal. You know, but the laws, you know, the lawyers in the business, they like it because they get to file paperwork and they get to argue. And, and that really does them good because they get to learn more and they get to try to defend. And I think the military is the same way is keep it going, keep the war going so we can continue to prance around in our uniforms and kill people. You know, let's not reallocate our resources to something more advantageous and things that are of more, you know, things that we can be proud of rather than coming home with wounded soldiers from having to kill people. So um, mergers and acquisitions and business is a little different, but uh, it's, it's like trying to beat the competition, finding a way to stay in business to be uh, operationally effective, more effective to gain in technology, to gain in market share, to outbeat the competition. And sometimes that means putting a company out. 
And uh, an example was uh, that movie Shop Around the Corner. Um, I think it was called The Shop Around the Corner. I don't remember. But it was about Fox Books. And it was with Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Really good movie. Um, Meg Ryan owned a little bookstore. Just a little cute uh, bookstore in New York. And Tom Hanks' character came in with his his rich family and decides to build a super bookstore like a Barnes and Noble to put them out of business. And it was kind of comparable to what we thought was going to happen with online bookstores. All these online bookstores are going to come online and nobody's going to want to go to the bookstores. So it's business competition. And what was happening was uh, Tom Hanks's character, you know, tried to keep it secret and shopped at her store and she's fretting, you know, she's going to lose all this business and she might even be put out of business. And uh, he offers to buy her out and she says, absolutely not. She wants to keep her store because it has sentimental value to her. Uh, so it was an opportunity to merge or acquire a new business. Uh, not many businesses fall in love in that process, but they did. And that was kind of cute. But um, in mergers and acquisitions, uh, they're pretty big deals based on, you know, cash deals with market share and, and shares ownership of the companies. And it's done, I guess, like I said, to gain in technology or to acquire product lines to help another company be larger, stronger in the marketplace to beat out the competition. So two people might partner up to beat one competitor because uh, that's more advantageous for them to merge. Or maybe they looked at their product lines and said, you know what, our, our products really complement each other and they really should be sold together. I'll merge with your company. We can do this sort of a deal um, and we can just put them together and save on our manufacturing and shipping costs and and uh, repackage the products to be sold together. And it, it saves time and efficiency uh, and money. And it's a different marketing thing. So things have to change. They uh, or, you know, in my class, it's technology. So mainly these uh, mergers and acquisitions that I should be focusing on should be technology based. So they a company buys another company because they have the technology that they need and some other things so that they don't just have to go out and buy and and pay all the money to implement this new technology. They just buy a company where it already exists and just uh, go to work that way. Um, acquiring technology is similar to buying a business in various uh, levels, right? Because what you're doing there is you're adding capability to your business, which can in turn be a profitable business area, depending upon how you structure the technology. If you have a technology department who develops and buys technology, you have to consider how that technology uh, contributes to the profit line and either cost reduction, manpower reduction, or in profits through integration with your products and not just use as, as internal office systems, but how it is used within your products as well as externally potentially uh, to develop additional products 
using technology for sale. So it's not just, you know, I'm going to head down to the Microsoft store and I'm going to buy 45 licenses of Microsoft uh, Office because uh, I hear the cloud is really cool and we're going to we're going to do things that way uh, and install that. <laughs> it doesn't really work that way. It requires a full planning process. It requires alignment with strategic goals because anytime you buy technology, uh, things change. You have to change processes. Things become more efficient. Think you have opportunities to be more automated, to be more organized, to save time and money, and to make things look a heck of a lot better. So it increases and changes the way that your products can be created or marketed. So you have to really look at the, the technology and say, well, how is this really going to help us? Uh, and you can't just run out and go shopping. Say, I have this little thing I want to, my boss gave me $50,000 and said, go buy something uh, for your business unit. And I decided I want some technology. Uh, you really have to sit down and take time to think about it and say, okay, I think this is the right product because uh, this is how it's going to make money for us, not only be an investment or not only be a cost that improves operations, but an actual future investment in our profitability, which is going to bring us greater returns. And that's a win. That's the way you buy technology. And if you can put that on paper and show that, you can really get your, your business managers and your executives to invest in your ideas and invest in technology, not just for your business unit, but when you have a mindset where it's applicable to the whole enterprise and potentially other companies, then you have uh, what we consider an innovative business, uh, profitable technology um, idea that really needs consideration uh, and possible investment for future developments. Whether to do that in-house or to pay a company to do it for you is a decision that's um, not just based on whether or not you have existing talent to do it, but it's also whether or not that talent has the time and whether or not your business is ready for it because it affects everyone that's going to be using the technology. So it, your business, it has to be the right time. Um, and. And it might be like a pregnancy. There's, you could try to plan it, but there's no real, like per, there might be a perfect time when you and your husband or your wife uh, think, okay, we got the house, we got nice cars, we've got our college degrees, we are good in our uh, jobs, it's time to have babies. Um, and for you, it might be the right time, but for something else, it might not be. You know, and not everybody can plan that you know, perfectly. And a lot of surprises come up. <laughs> Same thing in technology. So you got to do your best to find the right timing and plan around um, things where it might not be and be able to uh, work your project and manage it in a way that, um, that it, you know, if things do change that you're prepared to either, you know, slow the project down, speed it up, um, delay it, or uh, just go through a rough period of time of change where your profits are affected, knowing that you're going to get all that money back in the future. Like the, the decision to go to school 
uh, and quit work is like, you know, you're not going to be making as much money. You know, times are going to be financially tough. So you make that decision knowing that you have to change your ways of living to adjust to that. And, and I think buying technology is sometimes the same. And you have to prepare your staff that a little bit is going to change or you have to find ways to save money in other areas um, before you go making those big decisions or as you're implementing. You know, maybe you don't print as much. Maybe you save, uh, maybe you forego a couple of annual events that you often spend ten to fifteen to twenty thousand dollars on, or something else. Maybe you've decided to have your executives telecommute to the executive meeting over at the corporate office rather than paying for first class tickets for your management team. Stuff like that can help you gain the money that you need to get the investment started. But first you gotta spend time in really understanding what it is that you're trying to do. And does it benefit more than just your business unit? Does it benefit the whole company? And does it benefit uh, people outside of the company? Can it be tur turned into a solution that anyone can use it and it can be profitable? Can it be part of your product line? And maybe your company doesn't have any products. Maybe you're just a service-based company. Can you create a business unit that, that allows you to create products? Or can you just be a consultancy for that particular business idea and uh, you know hire a company to do that? And then you now having exposure and expertise for uh, working with that product can now be a part of the consultancy. I don't know. A lot of neat ideas. That's innovation. And you got to be able to control it, you know, because it can get out of hand. Like I wrote a little piece uh, about, um, you know, what. So, you know, an idea is you have an event planning uh, task that goes on on a regular basis. And the administrative professionals put it together. It's part of their, you know, extra thing that you have them do every now and then. And it's not their regular jobs, right? So when it's time for them to do that, it's added on top of their responsibilities. So they have to juggle. And, you know, maybe they're needed in other areas. So you decide to outsource. Well, let's just give it to an event planning company to do this. Well, you know, it's going to cost you more money. But new ways and innovative ways of thinking are, what about fully integrated event management technology? What about taking a look at the process that these administrative professionals go through to plan these events? And what kind of integrated technology system can you create for your business that is standardized, that can be packaged as software and sold to other companies? Because now you have a product, now you have a standard process and a product, and you can, uh, whether or not you hire a temp to fill in the little uh, database, uh, you know, scheduling and tasks. But if you had a system where those tasks, because it's standard, you know, an event, you know, it's a standard thing that you have to do. You got to reserve the venue, you got to find the date, you got to create the agenda, you got to locate, uh, decide what professional, what, what events, what information, what's the reason. Uh, where are they going to share the documents? Who's going to create pair them? How are you going to get get them out to everybody? Uh, how are you going to manage RSVPs? 
um, you know, in attendance and how are you going to um, select your vendors, your caterers and your uh, security staff? And uh, how are you going to manage all the information? You know, so that's technology. You create a technology system and you can look at the Internet real fast and find there is no one integrated system. There is, and the way we're doing things now in the business world or the way we did things before was, oh, you have experience in putting events together? Oh, well, you're a very, uh, you know, you're somebody we need to hire then. And that's considered talent um, because you know how to coordinate those things with other people. And that's great. That's that's part of uh, your experience. But even better if you're smart enough to say, I know exactly uh, what systems, I know the whole process, and I'm smart enough to create a standardized process and an IT system uh, with best practices on how to do that. And I'm even smarter to uh, work with you on uh, creating um, standard profiles, data sharing systems for regular users to be able to connect uh, beyond just their own small company, but to have multi-agency or multi-organizations, uh, multi-companies um, be in the same buildings, sharing information in an IT system uh, while meeting and, and professionally networking with others in their industry. That's that's an innovative IT system. So moving from human resource talent and experience of I can do that, but they don't tell you I did that and I almost had a heart attack. I uh, you know I almost failed to feed four hundred people. It really stressed me out. Coordination is a nightmare. It's a lot of data to manage. Our systems aren't that great. A lot of manual process. Some is on technology. Uh, using the internet and some is not and it's really dysfunctional for me it's really frustrating although I enjoy it because I enjoy uh, bringing a bunch of people together to uh, you know be entertained or to actually have a nice business meeting in a nice setting so I like the outcome but the process to get there is really um, dysfunctional uh, I make it functional because I'm organized and I can organize that information. So I think taking the tasks of the organizer and creating an automated system as much as possible, it can't be fully automated because you still have to go look at the location. You have to say, yes, I like that. Yes, I think these three things should be meal options. Yes, I like that DJ. I think that should be the playlist. Um, and yes, these are all, I can contact all my people and make sure they have their presentations due, but I can uh, automate that and give a uh, event location for all that wonderful information materials that they're sharing and creating in at that event and make it available for access later in a compiled way so that they, the people that attend these events can see what good is my uh, my work really doing? Am I just a speaker at an event where I reach 450 people? Or what is the result? Do they turn into customers? Do they take my work, take my words and actually put it into action? Did a product come out of it? Is there profits tied to it? 
Are there strategic goals around the event? That's all I have to say today. Have fun. Mergers and acquisitions. I don't think you got to go out and buy a company to get that. But I think you can consider what technologies can be acquired and integrated together into one for a full software system. And that might require acquisitions and mergers of all these little companies to create one company that offers it. And that being a standard business process for where technology has to integrate and work together and share profits. Okay, bye.